Welcome to the Smeichel Speaks podcast channel. I'm Joanne Smeichel, and I'm delighted that you tuned in for relevant leadership learning that will help you continue to soar. Enjoy this episode. Why in the world do so many people seem at odds with each other? What is the root of all these problems between and among people? I find it really interesting that people, people in the workplace, people in their homes, people in the community, people in the church, people in the synagogue, people in the mosques, people in the world can be so polarized. The level of contention that's all around us is really blowing me away. So I want to figure out why that is. What is below the surface? This podcast, The Ingredients of Conflict, I hope it'll help us all grasp what's underlying the conflicts that we can be involved in. Our focus is on the ingredients, not on strategies for resolution. That's because I want us to develop a clearer understanding of the root causes of conflict and contention. In 1992, uh, Dudley Weeks wrote this book called The Eight Essential Steps to Conflict Resolution. As old as the book is, I still use it. The points are timeless. Weeks has a section on the ingredients of conflict. Now, I'm not going to read you the book. But I am going to highlight three of the ingredients of conflict that I see most often in my consulting work and even in my personal life. Those ingredients are diversity, personal needs, and denial. So let's tackle them. Weeks starts with diversity and differences. And I think he's right. Often our diversity and our differences cause conflict. The reason that they cause conflict is because we're often afraid to discuss the things that we don't share. These are the areas where there is little or no common ground, and that's where we can have a battleground, especially, especially when we lack the willingness to hear and understand the other person's experiences. I want to go a little deeper on this idea that diversity and difference are ingredients in conflict, I really suspect that it isn't just the differences that cause conflict. It's the belief that my way is not only the way, but also the best way. When we position our beliefs as the only ones that are valid, conflict can't help but to emerge. There's a little bit more with the connection between diversity and conflict. It's not only when we think we're right and our worldview is right and our approaches are right. The conflict also comes up when we operate on our assumptions about the other. The other is anyone who's not like us. Conflict pops up because we operate on what we assume, what we assume we know about the other. We don't really know much about who they are, what they represent, their experiences, their beliefs, but we think we do. 
We think that because of the stereotypes that we've internalized, either consciously or unconsciously. As we think more deeply about diversity and differences, some of the problems arise because we don't understand each other as people. We just don't get each other. We don't get the other person, why they respond the way they do. We don't get why they communicate the way they do. We don't get why they feel the way they do. We just don't get each other. And that can be because we live in homogenous worlds where everyone looks like us, acts like us, thinks like us. I was doing a climate assessment for a healthcare company, and in one of the confidential interviews, a woman said this, white people go to white churches, black people go to black churches. When I went to a black funeral, we were the only white people there. She went on to explain that some of the problems with diversity and inclusion in her workplace were because people were accustomed to being separate. I have to tell you, this made me say, hmm. But it also made me understand why some of the bridges that needed to be built in the company were still under construction. It also helped me understand that deep polarization is in this world. It is here. Dudley Weeks highlights personal needs as another ingredient in conflict. I don't entirely agree with his contention that the needs in and of themselves cause conflict. Yes, they could be an ingredient, but I think that we really need to spend time here clarifying what do we mean by personal needs. I want to put the needs in context and specifically clarify what I mean. I mean, it's the unspoken needs that are the problem. I believe that unspoken needs are more often than not a main ingredient or a main root of conflict. I think that people often have needs and expectations that they don't articulate. The conflict emerges because of internal frustration. We're angry because we haven't been able or willing to say what we want and what we need. Or worse, we assume that the other person somehow knows what we need. Assuming that the other person knows what you need is a huge mistake. Not having the ability to express your needs and projecting your anger or disappointment onto the other person stokes the fire of conflict. I'm going to share a really personal example here of unspoken needs and conflict. I used to date a guy named Steve. Now look, I told you it was personal, and I told you I was going to give you some disclosure here, so bear with me. I travel a lot for work, and when I come home, I like at least an evening of solitude and quiet. I've been with clients all week, and I come home tired, and I come home exhausted. Usually, my flight gets in around 4 or 5 on a Friday. I'm home by 6 or 7. Sure enough, by 8 o'clock, Steve was ringing my doorbell. Yeah, sometimes he would have flowers, but the flowers didn't mean anything because I was tired. He'd want to go out and have dinner, or he'd want to get carry out. I have to tell you, that got on my nerves. I knew that he was a much needier person than I am, 
I knew that he liked constant contact. We had very different needs. As as the relationship went on, I would find myself irritated when I was leaving the airport because I knew I wouldn't have any peace and quiet. Instead of being direct with Steve about my needs, I would just be mildly attitude-y. And I'd just have a just a little attitude when he arrived um, and disturbed my arrival night at home. Now, this was really odd behavior for me because if you know me, I am a really direct person. So this kind of it kind of baffled my mind too. I never articulated my need for space and time alone. Needless to say, Steve and I eventually broke up, and I am sure that part of that was because I never spoke my needs. The other aspect of needs that I want to explore is when needs are clearly spoken but then ignored. This is a point that Weeks makes in his book that I agree with. I think it's really important to listen attentively to hear what the other person needs and then determine whether we can or can't meet those needs. Blatantly ignoring the needs of the other person or people is a direct path to conflict. The next ingredient is denial. Now, this isn't from Week's book. It's something that I've observed and continue to observe. I really think that conflict can emerge when we deny the existence of a problem, of an issue, or of a concern. Denying an uncomfortable truth does not make it go away. And denial can run deep. It can cause a person to reject facts or even reject undisputed facts. Turning a blind eye does not make things go away. Sometimes we enter a state of denial because we hope things will go away. But in fact, after a prolonged period of time, denial can be interpreted as a lack of concern or uncaring behavior. Embracing denial, which we all sometimes do. I know that I sometimes embrace a little denial. It creates obstinate behavior that furthers our polarization. Denial can be deeply, deeply, deeply internalized. We can deny who we are, what we are. We can deny how we behave and the impact of our behavior. We can deny our role in the creation and the perpetuation of conflict. Now, I understand that it can be a self-protective coping mechanism, but even at that, Denial is an ingredient in conflict. So here's the tough question. What are you denying? What is it? Being able to answer that question requires a high degree of self-awareness. It also requires enough emotional maturity to come to terms with our own unproductive behavior. My thought is that staying in a state of denial diminishes our character and it diminishes our ability to build character. It also diminishes our ability to grow and to develop stronger, more healthy relationships. It's time to wrap up. So 
As you think about the conflicts in your life, whether they're at work, at home, in your community, or in some other arena, what role do diversity, needs, specifically unspoken needs, and denial play in the creation of your conflicts? Understanding the ingredients is a step towards being able to resolve or at least manage the conflicts that you're facing. Take a little time and reflect on each ingredient and determine if they exist and the degree to which they exist for you. Then you have to determine how you're going to confront them. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope that you got tools that you'll actually use and share. Subscribe to get more relevant leadership learning. Check out my YouTube channel to stay prepared for leading in an ever-evolving world. Thank you.